0: It's no secret that the latest Street Fighter can invoke a special mix of rage and anxiety when it's at its worst, but why exactly is this the case? We bring on Dream King to try to hash out the dirty details here, as well as to talk about Monday's wonderfully successful Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 event on this week's episode of the Event
1: Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event host Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor
0: Guerrero. Hello, 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 and I'm not the end of the train today. We've got one more guest who was supposed to only come on to talk about one little thing that he wanted to tack on to the end of the podcast, and about five minutes ago, we roped him in to do the whole thing. So, coming in completely fresh with zero notes and zero preparation is Dream King.
2: Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> uh, there we go.
0: Yeah, well, apparently you're on because
1: you have, you have jokes, you have improv ready to go. So I, appreciate I just it.
2: really wanted to say, hey, Paisanos. I don't know. It just hit me.
1: Yeah, we actually talked Stephen into staying for the entire show. He was only going to come on for a segment, but our traffic went up on the website. So if you want to hear more from Steven, make sure you visit Event Hubs more. That's how it works. Boom. There's a hard sell. There we go.
2: I really well, I hope, hope more that people want. Yeah, I <laughs> hope people want to hear more from me. I, it's, that's, the, that's the dream, right? And I'm the dream king. So. Ten points! I did it! hey <laughs> <Ugh. laughs>
1: Your jokes need some work, dog. I love you, but that was... It <laughs>
2: wasn't, wasn't really a joke, more of a fact, but okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of
0: jokes, I want to talk about Street Fighter V. Steven and I have been exploring this uh, with, as I've been saying on the podcast, with a little bit of, uh, of a specific directional compass. Everyone knows what Street Fighter Five is like to play. We've been doing it for almost five years now. First of all, that's insane. It's almost five years, guys. But what we we're trying to do is sort of isolate the specific moments where um, it makes you feel a certain kind of way. This is both the good and the bad. But the more detailed we can get on this, the more of an understanding we can we can have, and then therefore you can take that information and apply it to other games, how you want things to grow, um, how you would want things to be tweaked. Around and 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 switched around and stuff. even before we jump into that though, did you want to add anything onto that? Since you've been such an integral part, uh, you're you're it's yin and yang, man. It's a shake and bake. So um, if you have anything that you want to say, just very broadly about that process.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what, what we're doing here and like trying to kind of dig further into Street Fighter Five. Like uh, one of the important distinctions here is that we're not looking to change Street Fighter V as it is now. Um, we have, you know, the Big Balance update coming up in Winter 2020, along with the um, the new battle mechanic and all that stuff. So it's kind of like we're going to see what the game evolves into there. But what we're looking at more specifically is kind of how do we help pave the road for Street Fighter Six? Like, what kind of stuff do we want to see more in that game? Because Street Fighter Five is kind of what it is right now. Like, we're if you try to overhaul it this late in the game, it's like, that's too much to to juggle there, and, and and I wouldn't expect Capcom to do that anyway. Like that's that's unfair to do. I feel like so what we're kind of doing with this research and and analyzing this stuff is more of like how can we better prepare for the future, and and what do we want to see more in these in Street Fighter Six and and the next games after that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there's actually some history here between Dream King and I of doing this before, and we're going to get into it here as a later part of the um this bit, but uh but John. Why this is one of the things I'm really struggling with here, and I, I want you to answer this like question for me because we look at this on the website and we see that the interest in Street Fighter Five is not that great. There's there's ten thousand people who watch like the last CPT or whatever, and then we do a Marvel three tournament and that like, gets like thirty thousand people watching it. Like, you know, uh, uh, to quote, what is it, Robin Hood Men and Tw- Tights? Why should the people listen to you? You know, kind of thing. Uh, what? Why should they? Why should they even care about Street Fighter Five right now? What? We know people don't like the game that much. Why? You know. Well, okay,
0: so so pe- maybe people don't like the game that much is a little bit of a hard. Uh, I I don't think I fully agree with that. I think I see what you're getting at. There's a lot of novelty in a one-time UMVC three tournament. There's the nostalgia, the excitement, you know, to bring it all back. The the CPT is playing out every other weekend and such, and 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 so it's kind of apples to oranges there. I do think people are still playing this game. Uh, it's just that the expectations for Street Fighter, any Street Fighter entry, are going to be a lot higher for most others um, or I should say compared to most others and maybe it isn't performing as well as others. Maybe it is, you know, it's, 2020 is a lot of chaos, there's a lot of online, and people have a lot of reasons why they might not be um, fully engaged with this. But uh, again, like we were getting at, it's more of a bigger picture. It's understanding the thing that we have in front of us that, by the way, it, it, it's passed the test in some substantial ways, right? Because we've seen a handful of other games that didn't make it as far as Street Fighter V. Uh, and, and so as much as you want to say, like it's it survived, it's still here, it's still in development and people still are playing. You know, I have no problem finding matches when I go online. So, uh, I, I think there is passion for it, but it is inescapable the fact that this game drives me to extreme levels of frustration. In fact, I'm coming down from one right now because I was playing 15 minutes ago. Uh, and and so, I'm trying to hammer down where that specifically comes from. And uh, so, in trying to do that, if you think about fighting games in general, I could say games in general, I think one of the as far as I can tell, the core aspects, if the most broad level of analysis and the foundations of it, is simply the game of risk versus reward. How fun is it to take a certain amount of of you know currency or cost or mana and apply it to something to make something else happen? And in that interaction, and that happens at every level of every game, as far as I can tell, in some capacity. With fighting games, maybe one level up from that. Of the of, from the foundations of fighting games is the balance between offense and defense, right? And it's not news to anyone that Street Fighter V is heavily skewed in which direction, guys? Offense, mm-hmm. offense. It's offense all day. So now, now that's where there's probably an issue. And like I said, it's not news to anyone. But why? Why does it? Where does this? manifest itself and as Steven and I have been exploring and then talking we've 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 talked for a couple hours at this point just trying to discuss and figure out where these points of frustration emerge from and something interesting that i noticed every time steven talks about it and every time he uses an example it's almost always through the point of view of the defender it's the person who's defending who's who's worrying about Mm. the incoming offense every time i talk about it i think about it i go to those frustrating or anxiety driving examples it's the opposite it's as the aggressor attacking the defender and i thought that's interesting because we're coming at this from different points of view and we we still both have an issue with the same thing it's the offense of the game it's the power it's the threat of the offense but we're both worried about it in slightly different places now steven is that fair to say
2: yeah, I think that's fair, um, and and it, it does boil back down to the offense, right? Like that's that's kind of the major issue here. It feels like because of just how lopsided the the offensive options are in terms of what you get out of them and how easy or it, or how easy it is to do them versus what your defensive options are and kind of what you have to work with when you're getting pelted with those strong offensive options, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's just it man i keep going back to this idea of like it it feels like in street fighter 5 when somebody's on the offense like you're always fighting on your heels right you're just kind of backing up you're kind of trying to get out of there you're scrambling a bit and
0: because one touch can kill you in a lot of well not kill you but one touch leads into massively disadvantageous situations Mm -hmm. into a reset mix-up that if you get hit there you're stunned and hey you're dead and 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 i think i died in two touches the other day mm-hmm. as Seth, lower life character, against a Laura, who I was just going crazy on, pushed her all the way to the corner, mm-hmm. mistimed a meaty on her wake up. She wakes up with a medium button because, of course, she does. <laughs> it hits though, and that goes into a V trigger reset sequence where, and, and with Laura, a lot of those is like you have three different options you could do, but two of them she has covered. And if you do one of those two, she's gonna hit you, you're stunned, and you're dead. I was literally dead in two touches mm-hmm. after an entire round of a whole bunch of other stuff going on a whole bunch of work going on, two touches, I was dead, it was over with.
2: Right, and again, it's it's that situation of like, you really have to worry about, as a defender, you really have to worry about like, what am I going to hit and where, because... If I time this, if I hit the wrong button, if I do anything, it could very well and very likely will lead to a crush counter, which leads to a follow-up combo, which is not only damage, but oftentimes you're getting cornered off of that from a lot of the top-tier characters. And, like, now you're in the corner, you're in the worst position that you could be in in this game, and the aggressor still has Oki. They still have all the advantage there, and now you're just like, well... I can, you know, sit here and worry about like, hey, should I use my V-reversal to get out of here, which can be baited, and can there's all kinds of counters for V-reversal. <laughs>
0: Akuma can parry it and go into some snazzy combos <laughs> yep. for your troubles.
2: And he gets damaged, and he keeps his Oki, right? And then it's like, or do I want to try to survive here? Do I try to guess what my opponent's going to do? Try to survive, and you know get my v-trigger which is like my best offensive option which in turn becomes your best defensive option right because that immediately mm. changes the tide of the battle so it's like mm. it's this
1: yeah well i, I just want to talk about how i'm superior to both of you guys because i play monat and uh, my character is just you know so great and other stuff um and the thing about this is, because I, I know some people in our audience are going, hey, I play this character, like, this is not as much of an issue for me, right? But my whole point about this is, like, even with playing Minot who's one of the better, you know, zoning, defensive characters, she has a tool for pretty much everything in the game. Um, she's pretty ridiculous in some respects, but she's very hard to use, of course. Um I feel this very heavily too. Is where I'm getting at. Like, it's not just uh, oh, you know, like only Seth players have this issue, or only Gil players. Well, no one plays Gil, so no one really knows. But <laughs> anyway, true. Um, but uh, but I mean, this is a universal problem in this game, and and I, I think that that's something that that people it should be a little bit more accepting of, kind of regardless of who they play. It's just it's really an issue, kind of top to bottom. I think in Street Fighter V. Right. And, and so I think everyone can probably appreciate
0: fairly easily what you're talking about. When you have your back up against the wall and you know the threat of offense and you're at disadvantage, that absolutely sucks. You're not wrong at all. And the offense is a problem there. Then why though, and this is where I want to focus for this subject, do I feel, and I, and I expect that others also feel this way, feel this constant sense of anxiety even while I'm on offense and having the threat of that momentum immediately shifted and shifted completely and suddenly uh, all of the, like in that Laura example, all of the momentum and and power that I had earned throughout the rest of that match was totally turned on its head. And it's like I did the work of getting close to her and and closing the gap. I don't want to go too far into that. Uh, I want to ask you guys something. Strongest defensive mechanic in the game, I would argue, is the ability to block and or tech throws. Fair. Second strongest defensive mechanic in the game. What do you think it is?
2: Probably interruption jabs or interruption buttons. I, I'd say. Damn it.
0: I was, you were going to mm-hmm. say V reversals. And I was going to say no. could. No. no, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I, the ballsiest jab. And I actually don't even think we should call it jab. I think I like interrupt better because people are doing that stuff with stuff that's a lot slower oh, yeah. than jabs. And it works because... This game, and this is not where the fault necessarily lies, so so stay with me here, but this game is all about the commitment, right? Mm -hmm. And when you are doing offense, you are essentially putting your opponent into situations where it is very low probability that if they push a button when they're at disadvantage, that they'll get paid out for that. In fact, there's a higher probability that they're going to take a whole bunch of Street Fighter V offense damage if they push a button. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I guess I want to also establish why the ballsy interrupt is more prevalent in Street Fighter 5 than it might be in, say, Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 3. It's not to say that it isn't in those games. I, absolutely. It would be in virtually any fighting game. But it's more so in this one. And if you look at Street Fighter 4, you go, well, because there are other options of getting out of, of yep. pressure. And that you can maybe invincible backdash. You can focus and absorb a hit with armor and then backdash. You can rip a DP, which uh, invincible reversals in that game don't require meter. And then if you have two meter, you can make them safe until the very end of the game when it was ultra and then they were pretty much safe, (laughs) relatively safe so you had a ton of options that would be much better to do than simply risk, like what is it in Street Fighter 5 Well, you could risk a DP, spend some meter and if that doesn't work out, welcome to Crush Counterville, or you can do this interrupt jab or interrupt button and, uh, and that seems to be the, it's just naturally emerged as one of the absolute most effective things which immediately puts you Onto that, it earns you everything immediately. John,
1: I want to I want to back you up here with this and mention that the developers have known about this for a long time because they mentioned with Guile that if we give him a three frame jab, he would be OP. He would be one of the best characters in the game. And I do want to throw this back at you, John, because I do take issue with so many people in the community. Not doing the proper work here with Street Fighter Five, and and doing the lab time and all this kind of stuff to figure this things out. This oh, is I
0: got some sexy stuff to talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: now, now, on that note, how long did it take you to really feel? Because you, you you knew about this concept clear back in Street Fighter Three, Street Fighter Four, all this kind of stuff. How long did it take you to really feel this concept and be like, this is super important.
0: It was like the other day.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and there's well, nothing it, wrong it with it that. Took like, this, well, yeah. it took
0: this level of exploration. It took Steven and I sitting yes. down trying to analyze on this level. And so you can see the fruits of this labor. They're not nothing. Um, this is really helping me see the game better and correct my own practice and approach to it, which leads me to my next bullet point here. My main problem as a, as a you know, John Guerrero, Velociraptor's problem is that I've been more of a blackjack player. I've been doing the blackjack approach to Street Fighter V. For what that is, this is kind of my own little metaphor here for it but if you play blackjack you can play it by just going for the odds you can just look at the hand that's put in front of you look at the dealer's up card and that's enough information to to like the book will tell you oh should i hit should i not what to do next now that's only some information you can go deeper because if you play that way you have slightly less play perfectly that way you have slightly less than a 50 percent chance of of winning that's like there's no consistency there right especially if you were to apply that kind of logic to To competitive fighting games. You're not winning any tournaments with a 50% consistency rate or slightly less than, but in blackjack, you can get more information, right? You can count the cards, counting the cards. It then gives you a bunch of extra info that you can use. And sometimes that what's in front of you, like your, your hand versus the dealer's hand, you look at that, but because you've been counting cards, you have this extra knowledge and, and you're going to do actually the opposite of what, the immediate information in front of you tells you. I liken that to um, a pro player looking at frame data, right? So say you've done a move, it's plus two, I'm at advantage, right? So I should be able to push a button. But if you're counting cards, you're also taking into account the meter, the life left, the uh, the V trigger gauge, and most importantly, the other player's personality as mm-hmm. a player, their tendency to rip DPS, to try to interrupt at weird places. That's how you get the edge in this game, if that's the kind of you know game that you enjoy playing.
2: Right, and I think that's a really important you know point about this whole game. It's like this is what the game is, right? And again, we're not trying to change the game so much anymore. Like it's it's too late in the lifespan for that, but. Like, accepting that this is what the game is, and maybe that's just not for everybody, right? And so now we kind of go back to, like... I'm
1: sorry, Stephen, i got to cut you off. This is a really important point here. We keep talking about, like, Street Fighter V not being for everyone. Like, we see it over and over again, and we're seeing it really rapidly on our website. Like, people they're okay with this game, but the overall, the community has not embraced it and really liked it. This and is why I think. Yeah. Well, it, it, and I mean, it's, it, it's, I, I, I hate talking about the game like this because you guys know I love this game. I, I think it's phenomenal. This is my favorite Street Fighter game ever. And it's, it sucks and it sucks to kind of be like a, it. But I, I, I think that the, for me, and I want to bounce this back at you guys, there seems to be very little question in our community if this game is accepted or not. It's just like, no, it's 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 more of like you put up with it. It's not a game that's embraced. It's more of like it's just kind of there. Steven, tell them why. This is something that's the, something else that we've sort of talked about, but you
0: know what I'm getting at right now? Yep, yeah, okay, for sure. Right.
2: Um, so I was recently watching the Street Fighter League, the the, the Japan segment of, of the Street Fighter League, uh, and just watching the different matches that happened. I believe it was this past week. Uh, And I was watching intently at the players' reactions to how they were, you know, how they were reacting after each set and all that, right? And I swear, every time somebody won, after every set, every winner let out a huge sigh of relief. Like, oh my god, thank you, I'm so glad I didn't lose there, I'm so glad I survived this. And the loser would proceed to put their hands in their, or, you know, their face in their hands and like, oh god, no. But it's man, I swear it was every single winner. Just it's not just every,
0: every single. Time. It was no,
2: it was every winner. They just let out this giant breath of relief, and like I get okay. it. You know, there's there's money on the line. I get it. The competition is is you know it's 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 intense. I understand that. But it's still like that's that's something that I feel like. A lot of people feel with this game. No, but no, you it, win, it, right? Like, I, you just I feel agree.
1: Like, that's a great thing. Like, I agree that that people not, do that. That's it's awesome. That's like, not that, a great thing. That that that's a life or death struggle that you feel. That's that rush, that
2: adrenaline. Dude, You're not playing. A- this no, is punch. a video game, man. I don't want to be life or death playing <laughs> a damn video game. I want to have fun, man. It's d- d- a video d- d- game. D-
1: you played Abigail. <laughs> I
2: know, yeah, that was great. It turned my brain off and I ran forward. That's, that's how you do. play this game, right? <laughs> no,
1: but I mean and, and I, I I I'm, you know, doing a little bit of hyperbole here. Like right. one, that is genuinely how I feel, but also too, I know there's a bunch of other people in the community who love and embrace this. Like if you played Marvel and you really loved Marvel, you might love this game too. And yeah. I know there's a lot of people who just love this game. Like I do, but unfortunately, I think that this hinges on do you do you enjoy this type of Street Fighter or not? And we've talked about it a lot. That this is the most Marvel-y Street Fighter that we've probably ever had, and that's a big turnoff for a lot of people. You play Marvel to play Marvel. I love Marvel as well, right? Those are those are my two favorite fighting games: is Marvel and Street Fighter. Um, it, it, this is too much of a Marvel swing, but I like it personally. Uh, I can get into it, but I that point is not lost on me. I I, I agree with you fully. That's not a. It seems much more often than not that the emotional swings are very heavily out there. Uh, you have a few people that are very composed about it, but it, it's it's hard to maintain that composure in this game. Yeah, and and so what I personally, am, well, okay,
0: what I traditionally have have looked for, and I can appreciate the the positives or the high that would come from, like, oh my gosh, I almost just died and I didn't. I can see my life through new eyes now, which is essentially the reward that you. Commonly feel with Street Fighter V, right? Uh, because you know just how vicious it can go in in the other direction and such. But um, and you know, actually, I don't. I don't want to go too far down. That. I think you guys have, have articulated that. It's just there's really frustrating and and low lows, and then anxiety that precedes those. Because once you learn how low you could feel, you're like, oh, I don't want to go there again. And then the the reward is oh. Few. Instead of and you pump your fist and you're excited. Now, it's not every time. There have been rounds that I've finished and matches that I've finished where I do just that. I'm just saying that very often this is the case and that's worth noting because maybe this isn't the experience that people generally want and if you if you're if you're peddling something or i should say if you're offering something that people are not you know they have they have choices there's a bajillion games out there that's going to send off dopamine in their brains why should they pick this one you better have a pretty good answer and for a lot of people that's going to be something of a deal breaker
1: and now I, I have to go back to this what you said to like for you were talking about people just having that that um that response and whatnot, but my response very much, like, even when I lose a lot of times in this game, but I don't, mm-hmm. this is hard to say, but uh, when I was last playing the game, and I haven't been playing it much lately because of other, you know, personal reasons, um, but I was going on a lot of, you guys have seen it, like 10, 15 game win streaks, right? This mm-hmm. game is fun when you win, and sure. when you lose, it's agonizing, right? Uh, but, I mean, I... And then you talk about, like, you know, the jab interrupts and all this other kind of stuff like that. I remember Justin Wong talking about it. You were the one who talked to him, John. Like, you were like, hey, how the hell do you play Monat and, like, make this defense work in this game? And he's like, well, here's X, Y, and Z. Here's the, the, the scientific method that I'm going about. And, you know, we all know Justin's a super cerebral player, right? Um, he's one of the smartest fighting game players that we've ever seen. He really knows how to break down these games in a, a very unique and special way. And he told us basically how he was doing it. I find that awesome I find that struggle to be very rewarding it's it's the the whole Castlevania 3 thing we've talked about before where it's like Castlevania 3 is a brutally difficult game compared to most of the other games in the series um it's I think the the hardest 2d game are one of them right it's someone's Mm -hmm. gonna blow me up on Twitter if I say it's the hardest so one of them it's it's up there and we've all went back and played that game over and over again because of how difficult and challenging it is it's the the other games in the series don't hold that kind of like that status right that that's the Brilliant part of that game, and that's the brilliant part of Street Fighter V. Like, this is not a baby's game. Like you, you could go and put on your training wheels and play Street Fighter 4. And I know I'm being facetious here, but there, there's some amount of truth to that, right? Like go ahead and go ahead and play with your training wheel games. What that plays the game like halfway for you and whatnot. With Street Fighter V, you don't have a choice. You gotta well, be it, hardcore.
0: It does the damage for you, so to speak, but it doesn't do a lot of other things for you. And and you're absolutely right. There is this game isn't random in the way that people will very Often say they would. in the way that I will scream. That was random, like 20 minutes ago when I lost. Even th- that's not true, though. It has, v- it's it's got very high highs and very low lows, and it very quickly what is it like oscillates between the two, and and it feels random, but there is. Uh, uh, Well, like I said, counting the cards, analyzing. There is a way to maximize your probability of winning. But like I said, if you approach it with the blackjack, just going by the numbers... Um, approach, it's not going to work out for you. And that's been an issue for me. And I go back to an example that I think we talked about this briefly last week, but it's an example that I want to use specifically for this, and it has to do with Steven. During some of our sets, as we've been looking at this specifically, one, it's extremely hard to jump in on Steven's gill because his (laughs) anti-airs are very on point because he gets one of his best combos from an anti-air fierce punch, uh, crouching fierce. He's also very, very intuitive with anti-air fireballs, which Uh, I'd uh, like to take credit for.
1: I have to jump in. You completely undersold it. It is brutally insane to jump in on Stephen's Gill It's you got to be random. You got to be like a random online player and have no idea how. A crazy amounts of damage and other destruction Steven can wreck on you for jumping in on his freaking gill. Which makes it, you not want to do it. it it's right? <laughs> disgusting. It is freaking disgusting. Like, I've gotten to the point where I love jumping. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do in fighting games, because I'm an idiot. I can't... I I, I think I've gone, like, a like hundred rounds with, like, jumping, like, once against Steven. And I'm like, and it's one time I got him, because I'm like, oh, he overcommitted here and stuff like that. That's how much this guy's an ass... When you I was going to say, has m-
0: John ever praised you this many times? I was waiting for that because I was like, John, I mean, I mean, some I mean,
2: John has never praised me in his life, and I really like being on this podcast. Can we keep talking about this? Now? This is pretty rad. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I, uh, this this, this anyway, I, I
1: wanted to hype up his anti airs enough. There, my apologies, John. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> and now I got to stop and go the twenty-four thirty-seven. John said a bad word. Okay. Anyways, back on track. Stevens Gill is very hard to jump in on. He also has is it a two-frame parry that he uses as an anti air. Mm-hmm. Again, this is, this is he, he just watched videos of my Goken throwing anti-air fireballs and anti-air parries and stuff. Anyways, it's very seldom that you get a jump in and you really have to earn it. And I don't even mean a jump in where you make contact and do a combo. I mean where he blocks your jumping roundhouse, okay? But there's a huge reward there because if you got through all of Steven's baloney and you made him block a jump in, he's at heavy disadvantage, right? So my brain goes... And this is my blackjack brain going, okay, so Steven's at disadvantage. He knows that he's got a very low probability of anything good happening for him if he pushes a button right now. So instead of starting to spend my offense, which I have now earned, um, because once you do that you begin to push yourself away so you want to be tasteful and with your approach here as the uh, offensive or as the offender right i'm gonna wait just a few extra frames to where it would make more sense to him to push a button for the interrupt and that's going to be likely where i get him well guess what he pushes standing medium punch just like the silly (laughs) laura player gets a (laughs) counter hit and goes into the craziness and i get frustrated yada 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 now i'm thinking to myself, well that might have just been flaily random Steven. And and I would also say that it's much more common that you're gonna see someone flail with a button uh, without intention, just because they're scared and don't know what else to do, than they are having played the counting cards approach, where they know they've watched your tendencies and they've seen you delaying, and then therefore they're doing it with intent to beat you. I am so I'm looking at that. It could be either one, and it's very hard to tell in Street Fighter Five if the if the interrupt was done with intent or not. But that interrupt gets you so much. It immediately. So oh, here's my point of view. I just worked to get in. I did all this. And then I thought around a corner to be extra sneaky about my approach. I was thinking about all of these things. I earned it. What did I get for it? An interrupt button that that took me to the corner, or maybe it killed me, but it put me in these horrible Street Fighter V offense.
2: So I, I want to jump in and say that um, that is one of the unfortunate things about this game is that you can't tell if that was just a random thing that i That's did there a huge yeah or because part of yeah it. you you play against people online and they'll do stupid stuff like they just wake up with a standing heavy kick uh, and I know people on this call, on this podcast, have done that same thing. I will not name names, but sometimes people will do that, and you're like, "Well, that was definitely random and stupid," and it worked because it's Street Fighter Five. Of course, it did, right? And that sucks. You can't, you can't make that distinction, and thus you have no idea. Like, and, and even and it us, happens
0: right after. Well, like the the emotions that are flowing in that mm-hmm. moment afterwards is going to make you say all that. Oh, I was random. It's stupid, yeah. and and justify it to yourself because it can't be your fault that you were just. dude have meaties push the button earlier the the, the frame traps exist and they're 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 numerically sound for a reason start Mm -hmm. at level one don't go to level two until they've pushed you to go to level two and delay your buttons but you were saying Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and and again it, it it sucks because even you and i as training partners like you can't tell that you know whether or not that was random right i can tell you from my point of view it definitely wasn't random because I was looking at the range that you're getting that block jump and heavy kick. right? And, and I could see that there's space in between us, and knowing your tendencies, knowing what character you're playing and how close you want to be, I already know you're too far out to want to commit to anything, so you're going to walk in on me. You need mm-hmm. to close that gap. So I'm hedging my bets there, of like, okay, he's a little bit far out, it's less likely that he's going to try to hit a button from where he's at. He's going to want to walk in, and he's going to think that I'm not going to hit anything, because. I shouldn't hit anything there, right? But I know you're thinking that. I know you want to not hit something there, or you, you want to walk in. I know that's your game plan. So that's where that medium button comes in. Again, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to time him. He's going to come in. He's going to try to hit something, but he's going to walk right into my standing medium punch, and I'm probably going to win this exchange, right? Exactly. So, yeah. And again, that's that wasn't random. That's a hard read on you. I'm, I'm studying your tendencies. I'm looking at the range that you're hitting this stuff, and I'm making that judgment call. It works out for me, right? But, and I believe it. Yeah, but you had no idea. We're trading partners. We've been playing a lot. We we are very well keen on the, you know, the different tendencies that we have, right as players. Yet you had no idea whether or not that was random. It could have been. You you had no idea. And
0: and my heart wanted to like my heart wants to blame you because otherwise right. it's got to blame me and I don't yeah, want exactly. to do that.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: So, so you it's... find yourself in those situations. Now, I don't think that that in and of itself is bad but i think that it's a result of street fighter 5's offense being so damn strong and causing so many negative feelings whenever it happens that because you can swing that and get into the offense so easily uh, or so quickly i should say hmm. And even though you're doing it at a time where like most of the time you're, you're that's not going to work for you you know someone's going to push the button right away and you're at disadvantage nine times or more times than not you're going to lose in there but Sometimes it works out for you. And then for that to be the punishment that you immediately go into, it's not like maybe the interruption should should just get get me off of you, right? Like stop the pressure. That would be more of an apt reward for that scenario. But no, this turns into full V-trigger, corner carry, oki-giving combos immediately. and And maybe all you did to do to get there was you blocked and then you guessed in a like a not probable situation and it worked out. And that feels like it's too much reward for what's happening there um, in my opinion.
1: No, Now, I, I agree with large parts of what you guys are saying, but I, I have to swing the pendulum back the other way here. And you guys are saying that this is too intense and too crazy. And I think that the community universally has agreed with you guys on this. But what we've seen in Capcom history is they see this feedback and they go, okay, well, we're going to fix this for the next game, but we're going to overcorrect. And they're going to We're going to go too yep. far. And one of the, the big history things that people forget about is Street Fighter 3. A lot of people said Street Fighter 3 was a great game. Even when it came out, they said, but it was boring it was really boring to play and it wasn't until i don't know a handful of years kind of after the game came out and kind of died off and then it came back and it came back and became a thing it was never a huge kind of game uh, overall uh in you know with with most gamers but it was big in that the fgc when it came back again right and uh-huh. there is a risk here that we're going in with with Street Fighter Five, and we're telling Capcom, "Hey, don't you know? Don't have these kind of ridiculous momentum swings." Um,
0: no, 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 no! Don't have the offense. The momentum swing is is something that's that's okay, that's doable. Uh, but don't it, it all points back to the offense being so powerful that anything that gets you there becomes an becomes a mini issue in and of itself but i think if you were to fix the offense problem and i don't exactly know how to do that that's its own thing but if you were to fix that all of these other little things would uh would kind of work themselves out to an extent
1: i I, and i hear what you're saying i just i want to be careful and express this with nuance because it's very easy for us to aha we've got the aha thing right and and you guys are definitely are you're on to something big time here with street fighter 5 and i universally have agreed with you guys on these opinions but what I'm worried about again is overcorrecting, and it's like all of a sudden now we we don't have uh, the Castlevania three that we all enjoy. We've got Castlevania two, and we've got you know the day and night transitions, and it gets boring and crappy, and you know, all the other kind of stuff that goes with it. And, and you know, I'm sorry if you like Castlevania two, but you're wrong, you know, kind of thing. It's, <laughs> anyway, um, I I worry about us swinging back too much in the Street Fighter three direction and alienating the community too much. And I I think that the hype and the energy that Street Fighter five brings is really universally very. good good mm-hmm. but it, it has to be it has to be limited a bit more and I'd love to see what they do with this next bounce you know adjustment here the major battle mechanic please give us a defensive mechanic we, you and I John I know on this very podcast have been talking about this for like at least a year now if not close to two years I think and just saying hey the game needs better defense um, but man I, I've just I wanted to be very careful about diminishing the hype that this game brings because we're, we're, we're talking very energetically about this game we're, we're we're into it right this is not a, a very lackadaisical conversation. And when you hear people talk about Street Fighter five, there's usually a lot of energy with it. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of oomph. So for all the game messes up on in terms of what it delivers in terms of people's emotions, I think there's a lot more right than there is wrong. Well, you know what I think uh, first of all, don't disagree.
0: And and it has been designed to be this esports flashy, like, oh, if you're walking by and you see something on the screen, maybe you're gonna stop and keep watching. Um, and and I, it's not lost on me that that has become a very much more prioritized uh, uh, box to check for Capcom with these games. And, and of course it is. Like, that's part of the success now. Um, with the competitive crowd, which I think a lot more of, of our of our listeners would be more in that sort of realm, um, you know, you're looking at things with intent and, and you're looking at, like, trying to find... Um, well, when you see it it strikes something inside of you it gets you riled up and it gets those of us that can appreciate those things extremely excited and there are uh, there's an example in street fighter five that without fail at least in the in the arizona community back when we were doing locals if somebody woke up and did low forward to beat a shimmy and it worked everyone behind them you'd hear like that was ballsy that was manly all oh, good stuff that was amazing right because that was an example where everyone could see the intent mm-hmm. and it was a call out and it's still low probability. Like I'm going to wake up with a low forward. That's a fairly slow move, you know, and then they have absolute advantage. But when that happens, people go, Oh, that was sick. And we were talking a little bit earlier about why the interrupt jab is more common in street fighter five than other games. We talked about four. I want to talk about three for a second. There's the, there's the invincible reversals in that game as well. And you could still do an interrupt button in that game as well. But one of the, the, the key mechanic there is the parry. And if you're a defender, one of the best ways to get out of that offense is to be looking for a predictable incoming attack and parry it. And when that happens, everybody lights up. Every time someone parries anything in third strike, you know, the crowd just goes crazy. Why? Because they're seeing intent play out right in front of them. And, and they the know. other reason
1: why is because something actually happened. <laughs> because no, sure. they're enough. sitting in neutral for 20 seconds and stuff like that, and they're talking about the table and whatnot on Chun Li's like stage and what? Because uh, y- oh it's, so, yes. it's so, because it's so slow agree. and it's so scary. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and and we've we've even we're calling this series like unofficially like the Medium Porridge series, right? Because we feel like Street Fighter V has too much offense. We're looking at Street Fighter IV as being way too defensive and having too many defensive options. But uh, and and it would extend to Street Fighter III at some capacity as well. But Steven and I played a lot of four, so that's really where we're more of an of expert. Than we would be in Street Fighter 3, so we're kind of trying to find the pendulum swing went too far from defensive with Street Fighter 4. It's now here where it is with 5. The hope is get it somewhere between those two, and then we'll reassess. And we don't expect that to be perfect. But when you say like we don't want it to swing too far in the other direction, I 100% agree. But I think we already have something of a bookend to avoid like okay, that's where it was already too far. So we know that however far we're going to go in that direction, it's not going to be that far. And I think we already have that kind of post in the ground, if you will. So I, I do think with the way Capcom has been approaching a lot of things, they've been leveling up and their, you know, their communication and their DLC stuff and, and and a lot of those kind of things. And the game's in a lot better place than it has been. I have faith that they can get somewhere that's substantially better than where they are right now. They can continue to make progress in some substantial ways with what they do with Street Fighter VI.
1: So, Steven, I, I'm curious, like we're rounding up a lot of details here. Like, how do you feel about Street Fighter V overall? You're, you're, you're a veteran of fighting games. I know you play Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat. Um, you've been playing fighting games in depth for a long time. You're, you know, kind of known as the, uh, the combo king uh, in some circles of YouTube for a while, <laughs> definitely on our forums and other stuff. How do you feel about this game right now where it stands?
2: With Street Fighter Five, I'm very much just at a point of accepting it for what it is, uh, and and really trying to see how that translates into my own life and and what I want to do with this game. Um, again, we're not really trying to change Street Fighter Five at this point in time. It's too late in the lifespan. There's no point to it. This game's going to be what it is, um, and for me, it's just kind of. That's where I'm at with it. I'm just going to play it when I feel like I want to play it and, you know, don't play it when I don't feel like it. I'll still follow it and I am excited to try out the new characters and stuff like that. Um, There's still a lot about this game that I do enjoy. It's just I'm going to kind of play it where I can and, and, you know, make sure that I'm going in with the proper expectations and and the proper uh, understanding of what this game is. And then play some KI in the background to further uh, appease my soul and keep me at peace.
1: (laughs) what is keeping you from loving street fighter five? Like what is, what is the, the distance between you guys?
2: It goes a lot with the offensive stuff that we've been talking about or the offense based stuff. Um, this game requires you to juggle so much uh to play it properly, and you have to understand so many different things and, and really it really asks you to play perfectly this game because of the, the way that it's mm-hmm. so commitment-based and not only that, but just how much you get punished for making a mistake,
0: right? That's it. I think that's like the, the yeah. core of, of many issues.
2: Right. And again, we were talking about the the situation where you were like, hey, you know, I I, I got the jump in finally. I, I finally I did all the work to get to the position that I needed to be in and uh you know Stephen hit a seemingly random standing medium punch and got me right And, and
0: no and and even then really quickly mm-hmm. it's like you you get to that place and at some point it still is a committed guess or or a guest admit and maybe you played it perfectly right and the other guy for whatever reason just picked the counter to you and you still don't get it and it's like that's 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 part of the game man like at mm-hmm. some level it's like you got to accept that there's that That level of like unpredictability. Mm -hmm. But uh, even then, it's like those kind of things can happen. And I think they should be able to happen. It's just it sucks so bad when that turns into you lost the whole game. It's like all the rest of the game is gone now.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the big issue that I think keeps me apart from this game. It's that it's not that those situations can happen. Again, it's fine that they happen. It's what happens as a result right mm-hmm. it's like okay i made that mistake fine i did i'm i'm human i'm a player that makes makes mistakes right i made that mistake but now or you're that you're just wrong yeah i was just wrong right it, that's okay but it's it's not okay in the sense of now i got opened up now i'm getting corner carried not only that but the opponent just got a bunch of damage on me and now he's right on top of me again i have no time to figure out what my next move is it's just well they got oki as well as big damage as well as corner carry they got all of the rewards that you would get from you know spending big meter or something like that for virtually nothing right for that one mistake and and it's why i go back to a game like killer instinct and i've been talking to john about this a lot lately is like killer instinct has you know uh specific combo enders for specific things right so it's like if you want to end your combo with Uh, The Damage Ender, that's where you get the most damage, but you you don't also get Oki, you don't also get positioning for it. That's damage, you get it, now the situation is reset, right? Or you can opt for the Oki Ender, where it's like you're sacrificing damage but now you get positioning, right? Or the one that is corner carry, the the wall splat, right? You want to get them into the corner, you do that, it sacrifices damage and Oki and all these other things, right? You get one specific thing for the intent that you're trying to put into play, right? But Street Fighter V is like, well, I made that mistake. Now this person got all of those rewards because I made that single mistake. Too and much it's like, reward. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And and frustrating, no, no, I, right? So.
1: Uh, uh, now, I get that, and I, and I understand. Now, I want to go back to, to Castlevania three of all things. You want to talk about Mario Castlevania three? <laughs> <laughs> um, Castlevania three is extremely punishing. And, you know, especially if you die on one of the last levels, you go all the mm-hmm. way back. You know, and, and but you stick with it and you keep playing it. In Mario sixty four, you said you've beat it like. 40 times yep. or something like that um how is that different than street fighter 5 uh, uh besides the obvious right like those games like the way that you're playing the
0: obvious that the, the, i mean you're 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 figuring out a computer's pattern and eventually you figure that out and then you can you can make that tweak it's very different than competing with another active real player's mind in real time
2: yeah, and, and it's also like I'm, I'm getting out of Castlevania Three what I put into it, right? Like if I make that mistake, yeah, I can I can live with that because I made that mistake. I, my execution was off. I made this one error, whatever, right? Like that was on me. But when you have something where it's just like anything can happen on the other end of things, right? If you have Rashid standing in front of you and just doing crouching heavy punch over and over again, and I just have to sit there and be like, well... Here's hoping I can get out of this situation, right? And then throw lag on top of that, and like, I mean, yeah, I'd probably enjoy Castlevania three a lot less if you were there shaking me and throwing my controller out of my hands, right? <laughs> yeah, of course I would. Yeah, that would be we'd be talking about the same experience, but it's different because I can feel like I'm getting out what I'm putting in in, street, in uh, Castlevania three, right? But in Street Fighter five, I'm putting in all this stuff, and then it's like. Let's spin the roulette wheel and see what happens. It's and again it's not that bad. I'm it's that's you know hyperbolic but it, that's what it feels like. It's like I'm doing all this work, I'm putting in all this time, I'm playing as perfectly as I can and even then it's like, well that one mistake, well there it goes. And there, and, and there that that
0: amount of work versus the outcomes which is not always you say we put in as much work and and get it out when you play Castlevania 3 and then that implies that that doesn't happen in 5 like you do get out of 5 mm-hmm. what you put in and you can refine yourself and you can tip the needles and or tip the the scales in your favor 100% like it's not like oh I, this game is 100% random right. again it's not but it the, like Basically, the the payout, because offense is so strong, the payout is very often imbalanced, and it goes back to what I said was the original, uh, or I think think the most foundational part of gaming in general, and that is the balance of risk and reward. And because this game has a skew there, that is very fundamentally uh, uh, frustrating or not fun, and it manifests, if you think about it like a tree, like that's at the core, you can see parts of that, the DNA of that, like in every branch, in every leaf at some capacity. And because this game has such a foundational or fundamental issue with that, this is where we're seeing it. And this whole process is to try to identify, okay, so we know that that's the case, but that's not super helpful in just by itself. But let's look at like the specifics of a leaf here. Let's look at the specifics of the, the interrupt jab and why this process more specifically makes you feel a certain way or not. So you know, broadly speaking, it's risk reward. Very you know, specifically and refined, um, it's well everything we've talked about thus far.
1: It's 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 is the game fun. Is really what I hear here and and a lot of people you can't just put such a blanket statement on I don't have fun with this game People are like gonna want to know Mm -hmm. more, you know And more the reason why and I think what Steven said there is Extremely accurate for a lot of people is that the amount of time I have to put into this game versus what I get back from it Doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. and I think that that is inherently a problem with this game And I think it's a it's, it's a new basis at least for me that I can work off of and go How do we solve that? How do we make these interactions more fun? And I do think that on a fundamental base, um, experience Street Fighter Five actually did quite well. Uh, a lot of the reviews, you know, from IGN, different outlets, and whatnot. say like, the fighting was really fun. And I think once you get kind of to a mid level, like once you start to get invested in this game, I think the the bottom kind of falls out, and in, in, in the amount of of how much you have to to put in to get back out, mm-hmm. you know, and and the game stops being as much fun. But I do also think that if you're hardcore and you stick with it, um, I I think I'm an example of that. I think a number of other players are that there's still a lot of fun to be had here. But it, it's just you know. It's the, the are turd you willing that's, you to know.
0: learn to count cards?
1: Yeah, it, it, exactly. So it, it's, it's hard. And, and I think that's kind of what comes down to this game. And so there's some fundamental flaws that probably are never going away. Um, but for the people who are willing to tough it out, there's, there's something there. Yeah,
0: And the game, and, and I really want to drive this, is that this isn't characteristic of every interaction of every round of every match in Street Fighter. Like in Street Fighter Five, there are plenty of rounds that where you don't see this kind of a thing. And uh, what you would maybe like a more traditional, uh, quote unquote, fun way of, of playing a fighting game or fun fighting game experience very much happens in this game. It's just to the degree that these other things occur and and, and how often they occur. Like that's a problem, you know?
2: Right, and, and you're saying too, like it, it's not something that happens in every round for sure, but it's also like that's the underlying threat in every match, in every round, right? Like you're you're always thinking, Well, if I make this one mistake, if I if I mistime this button that outcome can very likely happen. And, and oh, yeah, it's, you're it's,
0: standing on the edge of the chasm always.
2: Yeah, and, and that can be really stressful, right? It's why this game can be stressful to to handle at high levels. And and again, it's, it's, it comes down to preference, right? It's like, is that something that you want to play? You know, if you don't, sure, that's fine. And if you do, that's fine as well. But it's like, what we're trying to figure out is like, is that level of expectation out of a player to play it properly at a high level, is that something that's good for the overall, you know, product of, you know, like I said, say Street Fighter 6. Is that something that we want for the next game as well? Because we're coming in with a brand new Street Fighter game that is undoubtedly going to, you know, be able to bring in some new people. Is that going to, you know, make them not want to play this game? Is that going to make us not want to play this game that much? Is that is that something that we want to see for the future of Capcom fighting games? Or should it just be stuck here with Street Fighter 5 and we kind of just... You know, go
1: from there. And what we express with nuances, what level of yeah. that? Mm-hmm. You know, we we've right. established it with Street Fighter three. This is a good thing overall to have hype and emotion in your games. Yes. It's just what exactly. level and how do we how do we bring right. that about? But, and
0: yeah. Capcom already has a great outlet for those that want to go and just be crazy with offense, and that's in its Marvel versus Capcom series, right? Like, and, and we even brought that up before. And you have a certain expectation of of the flow once you have these franchises sort of established. And that doesn't mean they can't evolve but you don't want to evolve too much. You don't want to change too much at once or else people are not going to identify it and then they're just going to leave it alone because it's it's just too much at once. But we had an awesome Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 tournament go down over the... No, it wasn't over the weekend. It was on Monday, Monday. right? Mm-hmm. Just after the weekend was over. And uh, I mean... That's, this game has been around for a while now. It's it's not really competitively played anymore. Um, you know, the the Marvel vs. Capcom timeline progressed. We did the whole infinite thing, and then now we're sort of at this weird stasis moment. But the community came together and put on an event that, well, it was sort of separated from just any other fighting game event. It had, uh, obviously, tons of nostalgia. When Maximilian was involved, and he did a, a bunch of uh, like the live... Uh, what is it like the skits with Dr. Mm -hmm. Doom and some of his his uh, acting crew there we had a it was an invitational with a whole bunch of of recognizable names and man I I gotta say the reaction to it has just been so overwhelmingly positive I haven't heard any negative things come out of this event and Steven you explored this specifically you even wrote an Mm -hmm. article on it and just just appreciating what it was can you tell us with a little more detail how that all went Mm -hmm. down why it was so awesome
2: yeah it's 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 a pretty wild um situation here because again you 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 think of something like hey we're going to run an ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 tournament here in 2020 and it's going to be all online there's going to be legit money on the line but we're going to play this game online and if people are you know if you're not familiar with ultimate Marvel vs. capcom 3 it's notorious for having a pretty terrible online experience it's the what, what was the quote john the lightning fast uh netcode or whatever it was right yeah. yeah and it's yeah
1: the, the, the producer of the game said that don't worry about the net code it's got l- speed of light in <laughs> this is known as one of the worst playing net code games uh in in street uh, in fighting game history it, it is it's bad it's i don't know if like king of fighter 13 level bad like i think it's a little better than that but not much um it, Ugh. Yeah, not good. Yeah,
2: so again, just the idea of doing that now is like it's so wild. But um, it was it was run over this uh, this technology that was developed called Parsec, which basically. Uh, it, it it aims to to reduce lag and, and kind of try to create this perfect peer to peer experience, right? And and a lot of the the you know diehard marble heads have been using that and playing the game over the you know the course of this year, and they've been actually getting in there and grinding. You've seen like Marlon Pie putting out videos of you know him against Ray Ray and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and and they they all seem to to you know find it. Decently playable, it looks like. And, and that also showed in the tournament as well. Like there were some combo drops and stuff like that for sure. But then you turn around and you have, you know, Cloud 805 hitting the Dante TAC Infinite on Killer Kai and, and timer scamming him, right? And it was like 170 hits or something like that. Everybody's watching, like, dude, when are you gonna drop this combo? You're online, and like he didn't drop it. And it's like that's Sick. yeah, it's amazing to see, right? And, and that was such like that was really the essence of this whole tournament. It just felt like this old school grassroots you know fighting game tournament that we'd want to see here in 2020 that's like been so long gone because of the pandemic and the lockdown and all that stuff right like and, and especially in a time where esports is the norm now right like that's that's the evolution of the fighting game community like and that's that's fine like it, it has you know the all the professionalism and all of these different things that you know you know the grassroots people don't always agree with right but you had this this Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 tournament come in strictly online and deliver that same feeling of, like, this is an old-school grassroots tournament, while also blending in some of the new elements of, like, this esports, you know, professionalism as well, right? And you brought back, you know, IFC Yipes and Tasty Steve for commentary, which are just, like, the best commentary duo for Marvel, right? And you got Maximilian resurrecting, like, you know, assist me, right? Like, it was just this this blast from the past kind of thing of like, man, this was like that heyday of the FGC that we, we grew up in. Like, man, this is so cool to see now, especially at a time where like we don't have major tournaments that are in person anymore. Right. Or like there's so mm-hmm. much of this stuff that's been, you know, taken from us because of the pandemic. And now you have this big celebration of ultimate Marvels Capcom three, which is like a, notor- like it's, it's so such a beloved game, right? Like you have this now here existing in 2020 despite all the odds, here it is. And it it was just a great night of action. It was just so much fun to watch that tournament.
1: Now, I agree with you, Steven. I have to jump okay. in here and mention that this this event was great. It's exactly what the community needed, and again, about thirty five thousand people mm-hmm. watched this, and I think it was like 10,000 or ten to twelve thousand people watched this, the final CPT North America. Uh, that's a that's a pretty big disparity, mm-hmm. right? And I, I need to double check the CPT numbers, but I know that like, and this is this is an event on a Monday, all this other kind of stuff. I need to say this: that Parsec is not rollback code. It actually adds about seven milliseconds of latency on top of what you already have. Um, so this is adding about a half frame of latency on top of everything else that you you have going on between ping times and all this other mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I bring this up because of the, the very wide gap of perception and reality when it comes to net code and people's ideas of it and whatnot. Uh, you were just talking about how the game looks so seamless and other stuff like that. This is delay based code. Um, that is in some ways, I'm sure for some games like, like Tekken sevens, delay based code and stuff like that is probably superior to what was ran here. Um, and, and it's just, it's interesting that people got so hype and so caught up in this and stuff. And it's just, it's a reminder to people that like, there's a really wide gulf between, what people think is happening and what is actually happening with netcode. And, and it's just like, check your check your opinion on this stuff. We're seeing a lot of false information go out there. Um, and, and this is a big reminder to me that you can have a great experience even with you know some delay-based code and other stuff out there. You don't have to necessarily have rollback with these older games and, and to, to enjoy them and, and to really appreciate them. And I, that was one of the biggest things that I took from this Marvel event is, is that here in 2020 now, I think that our expectations for netcode and other things, they've gotten dialed down a little bit in terms of like, we don't expect a perfect experience. There's a good enough experience and you look at the results and you look at all this other stuff going on and you're like, this adds up, this works. Like the people who won the tournament and placed high, those are the people you would expect to. And the the giant combos and all the other kind of stuff, you can hit them online, even in Marvel, even in a game that has notoriously high execution requirements, even without rollback code, you did all this kind of stuff. And for me, it's a big reality check for the FGC to be like, hey, don't bash online play like you guys have in the past. It's valid in its own ways. Uh, there's much more of a hybrid approach. We, we have to have our offline events events come back. We need them. We need them so bad. Like I miss them so much. But there's this whole new place for online play that probably should have been here about 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, something like that, um, uh, that the community should have been way more accepting of. So just when offline events come back, don't uh, uh, don't forget about online. There's there's a beautiful online environment that we really should appreciate and cultivate in our community, and we're going to be all the better for it if we make that happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no way that the, well, we were talking about it earlier. The feelings that you get when you're frustrated about a game, and the fact that online does, ing, I mean, for sure, messes with your ability to play the game, but you can't ever identify exactly how much, except for in certain. You know, places where like obviously it froze for a second, you dropped your combo. But like how often is that what happens versus you notice a little bit of lag and maybe that, you know, we talked about before and it's insidious and you're just constantly thinking about it in the back of your mind and it changes how you play yada yada. But bottom line is when you know you have that option select and you pair that with the kind of emotion that comes with losing a fighting game. You know, like fighting games will bring out the worst in people, man. And I'm talking offline and everything, just like you, you put so much into it. There's so much pride involved and you really want to win and it's all on you and all on your back. Uh, you don't want it to be your fault. And and it's just such a natural knee jerk reaction to say, well, wherever I can put the blame on this is going to go somewhere else. That's not to take, you know, to say off the, that online is perfect or anything like that, but it's understandable as to why that would be such an easy scapegoat. Um, it's not even fully a scapegoat like it is responsible for some of it but i'm sure it gets way more of the blame than it deserves because it's so easy and, and at the same time such a, a, a and like a not clear and obvious quantifiable amount of the problem so i see why it happens and, and 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 like there's a huge part of me that does it too right but if we're aware of it we can think about it kind of can put it in its proper place
1: yep grow and evolve you know, since Evo's gone, we got to evolve ourselves. Evolve. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points. I think Evo is actually coming back. I hope it does. So it's a, it's a great event. But, um, but yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. Thanks, guys. Like
0: us, and subscribe, and tell your friends. <laughs>